Isn't it the big red one? You'd think it would just be a big red button, but Jackson's it's Jackson's having trouble finding that. Uh, but it's not like uh, even folks. <laughs> <laughs> even, even when um, leave I, that uh, in the show. Yeah, Justin. of course you're gonna leave it in. Yeah. Uh, even when you like have it full screen, the record button is is not a record button. You have to open up a drop down menu and then click on start recording. And it is the like one, two, three, four, five. It's seventh from the top. So it's not even like like the first thing that shows up is participants, which is like I can see who the fucking participants are. I have the window open. Why would why would that be the first thing? Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> going off of the uh, opening soliloquy. Unfortunately, uh, Zoom, the most convenient invention of all time, has a slightly annoying thing about it. That Usually the me. first half hour before we record is Jackson talking about this stuff. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have to do it as much anymore because someone else uh, edits the show. So I all this stuff uh, doesn't. It's a uh, Justin problem. It's, uh, it use, occupies less space in my brain. I use that time to just let. That's basically Jackson's warming up and I'm just. I'm just booting up shell. Yeah. <laughs> while, he, while he tells me what's wrong with Zoom, usually. It's booting true. up the, I, the, I feel like, the OS 5. I feel like I've made that specific complaint about the record button probably like 70 times. Um, I'm wondering if I... No, there's a game on right now, isn't there? Yep. Yep. I'm not, not watching uh, it because I started recording before I found my remote. So I guess well, I'll just have to imagine it. Please, mess, please tweet at us, but like... Does anybody else have? Okay, I'm. I think I'm the only one here who uses Apple TV mm. and the Sportsnet mm-hmm. app on there. Correct. Yep. It's absolutely it's absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Um. And so I'm right now trying to watch. I'm I'm resorting to downloading the app on my PlayStation right now. Oh geez. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. It's rough. That bad, huh? Yeah. Not great. No. Uh. So yeah. Uh, Not Rex- great. Is that uh, the answer to our? Uh, uh, this week's subway poll question. <laughs> Speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. Infirm uh, brother in arms JD is here with us once again. Um, just you know, and then there's to... your infirm brother Vyasaran because he's because wor- he's, he's a lawyer because he works at ah yeah nice. ah, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah yeah child consciousness showing up consciousness. showing up early. I uh, I had the pleasure of informing um, some uh, people at my work today uh, about the existence of Airbud Studios. You guys are familiar with that, right? I think it's called Airbus uh, Studios. No, I, I can't say that I am. Don't oh, Justin I would 1000% know what I'm talking about. There's a production company in Vancouver, or there used to be, that is dedicated purely to like a dog can't play football movies, like just movies about pets that do human things. 
Okay. And mm-hmm. I have absolutely no idea why, but uh, Vyas just saying this just reminded me. Uh, but I explained it. The example I went with is like, you know, movies where a dog is a lawyer. And I don't know why mm. I said that specifically, because uh, I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> not a movie that exists. Uh, but there's nothing in the bar that says it can't be done. That's what I was. Th- I, I, it did get me passing about, the like, bark. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Most valuable barrister. No. no- <laughs> oh wow. Wow. We are all um, hell of a start. I need we, some time yeah. to warm up. I think. How have we never done a uh, like an MVP episode? Is it just that it would be terrible and we'd have nothing to say about it? Uh, Cody would have some stuff to say about Pro- it. You're probably right. Yeah. Well, if anyone would. Yes. Yeah. You're you're right. Oh. Uh. uh but before we get started in earnest here, JD. Um. Wait. What's Cody's deal with monkeys? I don't know. Oh. I think he's okay. just saying, you know, Cody's the movie guy. Yeah. Oh, he has I see. Good okay. takes. Yeah. Or he has funny <laughs> things to say about movies. Anyways, cut this. Um, <laughs> the uh, no, I was before we get started in in earnest, JD. I did just want a, a very quick opportunity to ask you, um, how 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 badly is uh, Wads Yaroslav Askarov takes gonna age once he actually makes it to the NHL? Pretty poorly. I mean, he's top three in the AHL save percentage. Yeah. And he's 20 points ahead of Archer Seelovs. <laughs> um, you know, just going to throw that in. Um, and he's been awesome his whole career. Like, I, I yeah. don't know he's committed to this take. Um, but, you know, it's going to be really funny in two, three years. I mean, Nashville, it sounds like they want to trade uh, UC Soros. Yeah. Line which would indicate some level of confidence in Askarov. Um, you know, so it won't be long before that one is looking pretty bad. I mean, he's up to a 923. I think he's part of a Milwaukee Admirals 18-game uh, winning streaks. So, yeah, well, no, not well. Yeah, yeah. sick. The, you know what? Is so that the lo- team that uh, Hodgson is playing for? Ah, you, you is, stepped over me. <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah. They're, they're kind of doing the the Oilers thing, like they have two shutout wins in this this streak, but still pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, I I was just gonna say so so long as you bring up the Admirals, uh, very cool story that Cody Hodgson, I believe it was last night, just scored his first professional goal in eight years. Yeah, yeah, uh, returning to. Pro hockey in the AHL, of course, but still returning to pro hockey at 34 after being out of the game since uh what 2015 16 was it was the last time he yeah that was his last season that is that's insane like I don't know if I've heard of that happening before and it's not it's never happened it's not that junior of a league like you are playing with a bunch of guys who know how to play in the NHL and he scores a goal the AHL. I mean, what would what would you say, JD? Like, where does the AHL rank globally in terms of hockey, like professional hockey? Leagues? Probably second best league. I, I mean, was going to say K- the same thing. Yeah. yeah, the KHL was in front of it for a bit, but the quality has declined because of the the war in Ukraine. Yeah. A lot of you know imports or would it be exports? I don't know. Foreign nationals don't want to play in the KHL, and that's mm-hmm. kind of diminished the the quality of the league. 
So, you know, they'd be pretty close to the, the AHL, but I think the AHL is past them and it's, it's the second best league again. Yeah. I, comfortably, I probably. was, I would, that's what I was going to say is like, probably, uh, probably second in the world. And then the KHL is like, I, I, the, the case I used to make about the KHL is it's like the, the weird thing about the KHL is that it has at the high end NHL quality players. And then at the low end, like, uh, arguably, ECHL, so, yeah, like, scratches. <laughs> yeah. So like, it, it's kind of a hard league to, to weigh, like you could say it's better than the AHL and I wouldn't argue with you, but also I would say the AHL is like more consistently, uh, strong, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, Hodgson being able to do that, uh, is... and to crack the lineup of a team that's one, you said 18 games straight. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad the KHL is uh, uh, degrading in terms of quality, though, because it's opened up an opportunity for Nikolai Goldobin to have a 77-point season, um, <laughs> which fucking rocks. <laughs> Daryl Keeper's got to love that. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. Wait, where? Uh, He's uh, with uh, Dynamo, no, uh, Spartak Moskva. Yeah. And oh, you're saying the first... competition's worse now, so he can get those points. Well, yeah, I mean, or yeah. Is he, or is he coming out here? No, no, he, yeah. he, he has, he's, he has 77 points in the KHL right now. Right. Isn't he top uh, five in the whole league? He might be number one Damn. for all. Oh, I know. wow. Yeah. I was just looking, uh, my, yeah, my browser. So, uh, for some godforsaken reason, um, oh, I remember what it is. Uh, I was, um, I was using Google Chrome, but then, uh, something fucked happened to it and it like, it's like my computer doesn't have a virus, but like Google Chrome just like keeps trying to open an extension that's like antivirus or whatever. So it became unusable and I just got too lazy and just started using Microsoft Edge instead because. Oh, wow. Who cares? <laughs> um, hard times. Hard uh, times. Yeah. Uh, no it's Firefox. Fun, but uh, <laughs> does Firefox even still exist? Yeah. So. OK. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, whenever I open up the browser, uh it it you know it takes me to whatever the like default homepage is and there's always hockey headlines but the hockey headlines are always the most vague thing possible i think it's like the basically the new version of clickbait is like be like you like hockey here's the most po vague possible thing i could say to you to make you go like oh fuck who's who is this person talking about um <laughs> and i saw that with uh and they have this style of headline like all the fucking time. It was like former Sharks first round pick lighting up KHL. And it was like without even a second thought, I was like, nope, I know who that is. That's Nikolai Goldovan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, I looked up uh, his numbers today and he has like 77 points in in like 60 games or something absurd like that. Um, I wonder what else, what other former kind of prospect is going to suddenly... <laughs> Try to try to sneak his way back into into our television sets. Hmm. Jordan Trader, Patrick White, Patrick White never really had a chance. Patrick Patrick White's uh, like Linden Bay. He's been doing well in the Linden Bay. I could see that. What uh, happened to Linden Bay? Did he try to kill a guy? Uh, his dad. I tried believe. to kill his mom. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't think, know the full story. I actually don't think it was. Uh, I don't think he was convicted, but maybe he was. I don't know. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, all I know is that's the first story I did for Canucks Army. Oh, it was fun! Just, it was just like report. 
Lyndon Vay's uh, dad tried to do a um, strangers on a train thing or whatever. <laughs> do you think Benning was hesitant to get Lyndon Vay because of Trevor? Honestly, I think that I think it's the opposite. I think yeah. he was like, they're going to love this guy. He's named Lyndon. Um, There's a whole really Desjardins medicine hat tiger thing, you know? Yeah. They there were collecting them like the infinity stones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they loved their, their former medicine hat. That tiger. went so badly that I hope the Canucks do the same score shirt thing with, like, like they did with the Russians for so long where we didn't have a Russian. For no so players from medicine hat. <laughs> no yeah, medicine yeah. hat players. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch anything. That's a good idea. I, I I I approve of that idea. Uh so not uh not a ton of news uh since our last episode. There is one uh big piece of news, but we're kind of saving it for the end and then the Patreon. So we'll get to that uh near the end of the episode. But um we were off mic before we started. We were discussing the sort of the relative uh, like lack of activity uh, as far as the trade deadline goes. I mean, the trade deadline's in what? About uh, two weeks. Two weeks. March yeah. 8th. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there, you know, there was the the Canucks jumped the market, as you would expect Jim Rutherford to do to get Lindholm, as we talked about last time. And then mm-hmm. the Monahan trade happened like right after that. And then it's been pretty much uh, radio silence ever since. Yeah, Markstrom was almost dealt to the Devils. Oh, I but, didn't catch that. Oh, yeah, that yeah. fell through. He almost because they they played in Jersey, and they almost had a deal. They approached him, and because he has a no trade, and it just fell through at the last last second. Interesting. Which I mean, that would be fun as hell because that that Devils team has so much talent. They just can't oh, yeah. get. It, you know, and and who, who could have seen that coming with Vitek Vanacek. Akira Schmid and Nico Dawes. I mean, ugh, talk about it. They, they have three goalies at once right now, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, three goalies at once, but functionally zero. Yeah. Is how I would describe it. It's always funny when a team just like, I I, I never understand this. I, I And goaltending is like the only position where you can get away. I, I don't want to say get away with it because eventually you'll be found out, but like, you can get away with it for five seconds or or just like before anyone notices where you can just go into a season with a bunch of goalies who suck, who have never been good and just mm-hmm. be like, no, it'll be fine. It's fine. Like we think they'll be good this time. And sometimes they'll be it good is. Here. Yeah. Once in a while it works. I mean, that is kind uh, of my approach to it. That, that's what, that's what my whole like, trade, trade Demco thing was. Go on duty, sir. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but. I mean, Cam Talbot, he had a 931 at one point. You know, who who would have seen that coming? He was awful with Ottawa. The last, That's true. You know, David Riddick has stepped in. I think he's at like a, a 916. So sometimes it works, but you have to have a really good defensive system in place and also get lucky as all hell. Well, and I, I also strategy. think, too, that to, to a certain extent, you know, there's a big difference between betting on a guy who's never been good and betting on a guy who hasn't been good for a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Talbot had that one season with Edmonton. Yeah. Unbelievable. I think he was like a, a nine thirty or something. He was insanely good. Plus games. Yeah. So I, I totally understand 
looking at a guy and just being like, like a guy like Talbot as an example, and just being like, well, okay, we know he can go off and he's not going to cost that much money. So, you know, what if he goes off for us? Like, let's, let's give it a shot. Um, what, what I, what I don't understand is like, you know, you, you plan on using three goalies and they're all like guys who have never had above a, like, 900 <laughs> i don't know i'm probably what would say is ideal <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> well 900 times three is a bigger number than 900 that's true oh wow that's chill math between the three mm-hmm. uh uh between the three goalies they have a save percentage of uh like 2.7 so <laughs> <laughs> there i i don't see what the problem oh right is. that's bad um, <laughs> no, just don't combine the goal saved above expected just don't do that could you could you imagine if if someone tried to do that with like the way they do like combined plus minus which like we know is stupid yeah but like yeah. if they tried to do it with goal with like a goalie tandem and they're like oh, these two God. goalies are are a combined uh 1.89 <laughs> <laughs> fucking up the math cuz it like rolls over from the percentage and everyone's like what if How anyone that... would do it it's it's jim benning yeah definitely that sounds right. like something uh or or frankly uh that that does seem like a, a ben kuzma move as well not to like uh shit on ben kuzma or anything cuz I, I, mean... I i mostly just think he's funny but this was my proposal because I I just assumed that Ian Clark could turn anybody into a really good goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was going to be like above nine twenty, um, and so I was like, trade Demko while his value is high, just <laughs> to have have a couple of fine goaltenders for like three million bucks, and Ian Clark will turn them into superstars and just be a goalie factory and just keep keep just like um, offloading them every couple of years, but. Uh, uh, probably not anytime soon. No, but and, actually, yeah. I, had a, I had a question. I haven't seen a goalie trade happen in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why is it that? Or just I don't know. Is there anything interesting to talk about there? Where Markstrom was on the table there, and now mm-hmm. I'm hearing UC Saros, and then uh, people were talking about. I think it was UC Saros to Edmonton, as people were just talking about as a good idea. Yeah, dreamcasting. Dreamcast um, <laughs> yeah, had like, a had a whole thing about like how uh nashville could could find a team and solve literally all of their problems if they <laughs> wanted to by yeah, by yeah. doing like a and i mean the logistics of this would be kind of ridiculous I, I don't even know how you'd pull it off but like they could do a soros thomas novak william carrier package that could that could literally be like the here take these pieces and win the Stanley cup like package, yeah, especially for Edmonton. Yeah. Particularly for Edmonton. Um, to be honest, questions though, the reason yeah. it doesn't happen in season is because like goalies are so dependent or, or not dependent, but they, they read off of the environment. So a lot mm-hmm. of the times when you see in season goalie trades, it doesn't work out well. Because they can't adapt to the new system around them. They don't have the trust of their defensemen. The defensemen don't trust them. You know what I mean? So so even mm-hmm. really good goalies, it doesn't often work out. I mean, Ryan Miller is one example. You know, Buffalo trades him with 
uh, uh, was it Chris Stewart to St. Louis, and and the idea was that that would put them over the top because he is an elite goalie, or he wasn't. Steve Ott, wasn't it? Steve Ott, yeah, 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 he was a yeah. part of it too. Yeah, and it was a total failure. Like he he ate so yeah. hard, and I think people got really weary of the idea because of that. Like if if he could fail in that environment, then who would succeed? kind of became the question. And mm. that doesn't mean that you don't sometimes see it. I mean, uh, Eunice Corposalo went to LA um, last trade deadline, a uh, goalie guild favorite who was mm. sucked for most of his career, but we won't uh, talk about that. Uh, he was really good for the Kings. And, you know, that that is the exception though. You don't often see that. And also prices can sometimes be prohibitively high um mm-hmm. you know like connor hellebuck should have moved this offseason uh that was the name that kept being brought up for buffalo for for jersey and it just didn't happen for for you know the reason that winnipeg didn't want a full-on rebuild and it seems to have worked out for them they are competing for top spot in the west they've had well, a healthy season but like the it's it's just it's really difficult you need a goalie that 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 fits your system that mm-hmm. is available is available at an attainable price and you just don't see it that often. Well, and-, and that's the thing with Hellebuck too, is, is like, if you're Winnipeg, you want the, the haul you want for Hellebuck is like the, you know, it's at the level of like uh, the, you know, the Lindholm hall or, or something like that. Like mm-hmm. at least like you want the same kind of haul that you'd get, for trading a star forward or a star defenseman, particularly because there is actually no player on your roster who has a larger impact than the goaltender. Well, it's kind of the cruel irony of it is that they have such an outsized impact on a team's success. But no one wants to pay for them. Yeah, and, and their contract value is less than that of a forward. Um, mm. I think some of this too is devil, you know, mm. as opposed to the devil, you don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, I've seen that goalies, there's no correlation from one season to the next on save percentage. So you might have the idea. So if you're Edmonton, for example, Stuart Skinner has been your goalie since about last season, he took over for Jack Campbell. That didn't work. And he went to the all-star game. He was really good. And then he sucked to start the season. It cost Jay Woodcroft his job. Mm-hmm. Now you have to ask, do you stick with that? Because you know he's played well. You've invested all this these resources in developing him. Or do you, you know, trade for, I don't know, Elvis Merzlikens, who's been a 905 at best? Do you know what I mean? Like you don't even have the certainty, which you don't have with any acquisition, but you especially don't with this position. Um, so I think that's kind of a fascinating dynamic with this deadline because you have Markstrom, you have Soros, you have Merzlikens, you have a lot of options, but will any of them move? I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see, I suppose. Well, and this gets yeah, into the, my... the last goalie yeah. before, before you Jackson, the last yeah, goalie no I can actually remember being traded mid season and having an impact, uh, was Mika Kippersoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good example. Like 2004. But then I remember he was a backup goalie at the time, I think. Like he yep. wasn't, I don't think he was supposed to be Calgary's number one goalie. They just needed depth. I think that was the case or something. That's well, I just right. remember they he was had... not supposed he was not supposed to be a number one goalie. Oh yeah, they had Nabokov at the time or Nabokov or... and Toskala. 
So they had three goalies and they had to trade out of that. And I think Kiprasov was kind of a shot in the dark and they hit a home run. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Fair enough. Uh, The um, I was going to, there's two things I was going to say. One, I'm uh, I'm sort of borrowing uh, this uh, comparison from John boys, but like on the, on the goaltending, like a getting traded thing. Like I think the, the last guy I remember maybe making an impact and, and being traded at the deadline as a goalie was like maybe Ben Bishop. I feel yeah, like yeah, that worked out one. okay at least. Um well even then Corpusalo worked out as well as, as Bishop. I, yeah, I suppose that's 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 true as well. But the the uh there's a there's a metaphor or a comparison or whatever that uh, that John Boyes talks about in one of his videos about how like if you take an enterprise rent a car employee and uh <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay, and, okay. and transfer this out. And, and go like hey go work at um uh budget or whatever for a day like a different rent a car company they won't be able to do it cuz the system's completely it's the same job but like the system's completely different uh ringing ringing things in is completely different it's a different like POS or whatever and so even yeah. though it's exactly the same job you you take them to a different place that does it differently and all of a sudden they're like less than useless they're like they may, may as well be their first day and I feel like goaltending in a sense can be similar because it, uh, from the outside looking in, you could be like, Oh, it's the same. It's just the same job. It's the same position. You just stop mm-hmm. the puck. Like who cares? But it's like, okay. Yeah. It's the, it's the same job. It's the same position, but like, you don't know, for instance, that like, Oh, uh, I can see Noah Juleson about to chase a hit. I have to get set. <laughs> As an example, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't know the ins and outs of every player on your roster. And like, oh, I know that Kevin BX is going to pinch here. And so it's either going to go the other way or I have to get set and be ready to make possibly uh, a tough save. Like things like that. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily uh, understand the the little ins and outs. But um, what, uh, what JD was saying earlier about the goaltending market, I think gets into uh, my theory about why there's been um, so little activity, uh, like even just aside from goaltenders, uh, on the, on the trade market over the last few weeks. And I, I really do just think like, uh, everyone is just sitting at the table waiting for someone else to blink. Like there are teams that want certain prices and it's a question of like, I I think Chris Tanev is a really great example and could, could end up being like, uh, a player who sets the market um, in a, in a similar way to, to Lindholm um, mm-hmm. for, for forwards. Uh, but with, with defensemen uh, is, you know, the, the flames want a first round pick for Tanev. And I think it's very fair for us all as observers to question whether or not they can really get that. Cause that's a big, ask. which is, which is funny because Nick Dowd is apparently about to fetch a first round and, uh, draft pick, which is well, absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. Is he expiring? Yeah. Or no, one season. Okay. Um, now, see, okay. It, that's absurd, but it's also different because any player with term that's on a cheap deal, especially in this cap world, like it does immediately increase their value. Um, yeah. So I can kind of like, 
under the Tanner Janot clause or whatever the the uh, who was the Tanner Janot is the bad example who is the good example Brandon Hagel yes um, you know under under that uh clause I can kind of see how he gets a first round pick um I think with Tanev uh the 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 issue like the very obvious issue is you've got an older player kind of defensive defenseman uh at least nominally um and i think a lot of teams look askance and just go like we can afford to give up like a second and a prospect or like a pretty good haul for this guy um, and, and as long as we don't give up, you know, like our number one or number two prospect or our first round pick, if he gets hurt, we can throw up our hands and say, Hey, look, we tried sometimes it's bad luck. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think there's a, there's probably a sense around the NHL that like we just because obviously he's been really durable since he was in Calgary, but we know that we know how he plays. We know he's had. I don't like to call it injury trouble because it's not like it's not like he has a nagging injury. He just throws himself in front of pucks and takes a shit ton of hits. Um, yes, and he has done a lot of that this season in Calgary. <laughs> and I think there's a there's just a sense around the NHL like we cannot give up a first round pick for a guy who could go out and get like domed by a puck tomorrow and be out for the rest of the season. Like it's just too, it's just too high of a price for a guy who isn't going to be a game changer in the way that like an Elias Lindholm if could we, potentially be, you know, if we ever got Tanev, I'm thinking back to uh, the first playoff game I ever went to a uh, game one against Dallas in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before puck drop, it got announced that Brent Sobel uh <laughs> fucked up his back trying to pick up a cracker and um <laughs> classic obviously uh don't want that to happen in Tana, but i think if we do a deal with calgary uh calgary should pony up some money to pay for a handler that just off yeah. ice is just constantly just right next to right next to Tana the whole time yeah, carrying him absolutely. upstairs like he goes you know, for maybe. some crackers and he slaps it out of his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet I will bend down for this, Mister yeah. Hand, sir. Yeah. There's also no, a I, lot of options too. I mean, for for every Tanev, you have a, a Nick Walker. Yeah. You have like, um, you know, uh, Noah Hannafin is also available. Uh, yeah, you know, I think the See, now, it's interesting. High price points are, are to me impacting that. Like, if they want a first round pick for a defenseman wouldn't it be like easier to shop Hannafin? am i crazy am i just like misunderstanding well, the the stock level or i think they are shopping Hannafin. okay i think they are but the cost is going to be so prohibitive with him that that one could take some time okay. you know fair enough um but tampa the- bay is rumored to to be interested toronto as well and I mean, like, I think he's overrated, but I, th- I still think he's a hell of a defenseman, you know? Yeah, so. for, for sure. And it's also, you know, that it's that, um, that phenomenon of like, uh, a guy who's overrated 
is a problem when he is your number one. He's an asset when he is your number three. Yeah, yeah. You know, like as as uh, just to to pick like a random number, uh, uh, you know, out of the out of the the air there. Like I don't know what Hannafin's true talent is necessarily because I'm I'm not like super familiar with the player, even though I should be because he plays with the Flames. I just like he's never somebody that I think about or notice really. But mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of guys like that where. Um, where it's like they're they're overrated in the sense that people think that they can be like uh, the number one on a contender and they're just not that player. But if they're on your second pair or even on your third pair, then it's like the question of being overrated becomes a completely moot point. Um, oh, totally. Uh, but yeah, I, I really do think it all just comes back to prices. Like we're we're in that stage where the sellers all want way too much and the buyers don't want to pay the price and so you know as we get closer and closer to the deadline we're just going to see teams on either side of the fence like give up basically capitulate um and uh, and then we'll see where it goes as a fan of a good team I'm hoping it goes in the direction of the buyers, but I don't know if that's how it's going to work out. Um, but I, I do kind of hope, uh, I, I mean, it would be really nice if, if Calgary budged and they were able to get Tana for, for like, uh, you know, a, a lesser package, I guess, you know, I, whatever. Claim a bitch in a second. Something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. While you were talking, by the way, the penguins made a small move with the, with the jackets. Oh, what'd they do? Yeah. Uh, like Alex Nylander and a sixth for Emil something. Not, not Emil, em, Emil Bemstrom. Bemstrom. Ah, yes. <laughs> I, I know that name. That's a guy. Yeah. I've heard of yeah. him. Can, can we do 30 seconds? What, what's happening in Pittsburgh? I see everybody, like Toronto's all over my feet, obviously. So everybody's gloating about Kyle Dubas right now. Yeah, they are eating it pretty hard. Um, they're supposed to be in the fight for the playoffs, especially because of the advanced age of Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and uh, they're just not, not, not doing it. I mean, everything like if you look at the underlying data, it's all really strong, but their special teams are are awful. And that's just, weird. Yeah, I know, especially with that talent. I mean, mm. they they added Eric Carlson, and the power play sucks. I I don't know how. To, <laughs> Bizarre. make sense of that and uh you look at money puck and they have them at a 31.2 percent chance of of making the playoffs so i mean it's it's pretty much curtains for that team and you know they're they're in a tough spot they don't have a prospect pool because they contended for so long um and of course you don't want one in that spot if you're contending you shouldn't have first round yeah. uh you shouldn't have your your a-grade prospects that's yeah. just that's not the mandate that you have. So, you know, I think that time is just catching up with this team. And it's kind of sad because, you know, it makes me feel old as hell. <laughs> the idea that Sidney Crosby can't drag them to the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I think they just have to engage in a soft rebuild. And, you know, like if, if you look at what the LA Kings have done, they pulled that off with Kopitar and Doughty. You know, they, they acted aggressively and with a lot of discipline. They accumulated a lot of assets. 
picks and prospects and, you know, rebuilt in about two or three seasons. Now I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see if that's what the penguins want to do, but that's kind of the only options they have at this deadline because they, they're just not cut out for the playoffs this season. So, yeah, I mean, Jake Gensel is as good as gone. Uh, Lars Eller too, probably. And, you know, beyond that, it's kind of difficult because a lot of the players on that team have term or no movement clauses. I mean, Riley Smith is one of the names that's out, but I mean, he's got a, an additional season past this one at about 5 million. So that could be difficult. Um, so it's yeah, a, I feel a little bad oh, for that's March. <laughs> like I, I, I guess the only guy I can really feel bad for in the situation is, is Dubas really, because like, I can't feel bad for penguins fans. And oh god no. I can't feel bad for Penguins players either cuz it's just like you guys have, you know, you had I mean, your run. You you had like one season where you were bad and then you you know, you basically you went from having uh Mario Lemieux to Sidney Crosby. It's yeah. like, <laughs> you know, I, I I can't really feel uh feel too sorry for you, but I I guess I feel a little bit bad for Dubis because it does seem like it's a like it's a combination of one bad moves that were made by the the Burke Hextall uh, regime that was just like that was just a total disaster their single cool. year at the helm uh, that he inherited and then just bad luck like <clears throat> Riley Smith that seemed like a reasonable acquisition didn't didn't work out no uh, I think this might be Eric Carlson like that. Yeah, of course you think, well, okay, that's going to get us back into the playoffs and the power play sucks. Like they've yeah. had the, like, not to, um, not to undersell like the, how good the Canucks have been. Cause they have been fantastic, but they've kind of had like the opposite of the Canucks season where oh, it's yeah. like, they made a bunch of bets that like seem totally reasonable at, at least. And then just none of them worked. Yeah, even even the unreasonable ones. I mean, you look at uh, Tristan Jari. I thought that contract was uh, ill-advised, let's say, and and he's been fine. Yeah. <laughs> so even the stuff you would think wouldn't work kind of has, and they still suck. <laughs> yeah, and you just point and you you just look you look at the roster, you look at how like the the top players are performing and stuff, and it's like it doesn't look like a roster or a team that should suck or should have trouble making the playoffs. But it just, it's, it, it kind of seems like it's that, that slow erosion and it's just happening all at once where they're, you know, guys are losing effectiveness kind of at the same rate. Like, you know, Malkin at 6 million doesn't kill you at all, but he's not really Malkin anymore. No, and that does kill you over the long haul if you don't have anyone else, you know? Yeah. Brian Russ, Ricard Raquel. Yeah. You know, this might be a useful place uh, before I say something to later on jump, jump over to when we were talking about how nothing's happened in the league. I think it's because literally every league resource was focused on either making sure no like terrorist cells from Toronto were going to bomb New York. (laughs) <laughs> um after the morgan riley shed but like yeah basically last i feel like the last two weeks has been all morgan riley um but uh the reason i brought this up uh sort of mentioned it is that a lot of Toronto people are laughing at dubas for being in the spot but is this not dubas's first year as gm yeah, of, it's, of it's the penguins? his first year 
And yeah, he walked in with Crosby being 50, like uh, being a 15 year vet and everybody else being pretty old. Uh, like how this is fine to me. Like if, uh, if I'm a Penguins fan or if I'm Dubas, I'm like, no, this is, it's okay. If the first year didn't go well, I'm going in with such an aging core. Um, if anything, this is a fun opportunity to, to try to rebuild this team. Like, I don't know what the standard all these Toronto people were setting for it. Obviously, I'm sure they're just happy to see anybody uh, anybody fail after leaving the Leafs. Um, but I feel like they're in a great spot. I don't I don't really see the see the criticism. It's unfortunate that Crosby may not be be in the playoffs again, but he's been in the league 15 years. Yeah, he's had a hell of a run. <laughs> the Leafs uh, too, like. Sorry, but what do they have to laugh about? They they don't they look like they're on track to win about as many playoff rounds as the Penguins, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah, no I, I don't know. They and their off season was terrible too. Oh yeah, how's Tyler Bertuzzi doing? You know? Oh yeah, I mean, what they're like? Austin Matthews is gonna score like uh, you know um, rookie season Timu Solani uh, amount of goals and. They suck like outside yeah. of that. Like they're not going to win a playoff round. Like it's going to be back to like, you know, Leafs losing six games in round one. And what, what do they do now? They can't fire. I guess they'll fire the coach. That's what they'll do. But yeah. It's like a Leafs fan I was talking to was talking about like, oh, it's such a good life like to have Austin Matthews in our team. It's so fun to be a Leafs fan right now. And like, oh, yesterday's game is today was such an amazing game. And I see like, oh, they played the Coyotes. Like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's reconvene in April. See how that's going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know because the playoffs are. They could be great. And Tampa is not as much in the way. But like. Well, they're going to have a match with probably Florida, which would be pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Them or Boston. So oh, man, yeah. See, like they're not. It's not happening. Like I'm not sorry. This season. Yeah, uh, that's that's hilarious. Um, I guess uh, uh, so long as we're on the topic of uh, things not happening for teams, um, I don't. I do not have the game in front of me, so I have no idea what's going on uh, with tonight's game against the Kraken. But the Canucks did finally lose three games in a row, and um, I guess the the headline there is just that insane Minnesota game. I feel like that is really more than losing three games in a row, which everyone seemingly, at least in the media, like at least like like the reasonable people have just been like, it happens, whatever you lose three games in a row. I really do think it is that Minnesota game that gives it such a, that leaves such a bad taste in your mouth because like that was a vintage, uh, like Benning era Canucks style game. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of just except, except the that the Canucks wouldn't have gone up five two to start that game. I mean, like that's and you you'd think that, but I, I sort of feel like the 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 sort of um, default state of the Canucks in my adult life is you can fool everybody for fifteen seconds, and then it's like oh no we we are losing by we are going to uh, have a football score at the end of, of this, you know? So I, I, I see what you're saying, but uh, I don't know. Like I, I, to- I could totally see like, that's a Boudreaux score. That's a Boudreaux game. 
10 seven. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was, uh, I, that is the most baffled I've been watching a game in a long time. Um, how many, how many teams haven't taken, uh, four, five on three penalties, like all season and they got four in one game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it was wild. I mean, Casey to Smith. I mean, he's been pretty good all season, but I don't know about that game. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, that's that's kind of been the story of the Canucks in the streak is that, you know, they've played reasonably well. In fact, I, their five on five form has improved as the season has progressed. The, the concern is that they aren't generating a lot of good looks offensively. Like you, you look at those seven goals and how many of them were high danger uh, scoring yeah. chances, you know. So that's that's an item of concern. Also, the power play has been so bad. Penalty kill has been kind of bad too, but I think it is just randomness. I mean, you hit the the nail on the head with that one. Like good teams lose sometimes they lose three in a row. It happens. And I just, I don't know. I I don't see the doom and gloom. I've also seen the storyline that the Canucks don't show up against good teams, which I just don't buy at all. I don't think it's accurate. No, uh, it, it doesn't pass muster. That's simply a vibes thing. That's just simply being a Canucks fan for this long. That's just something that's in, drilled into our heads from the start that we, it, we we play up but we can't play down it's the insecurity of the pdo thing too i think it's it's a lot yeah. of, you know and i guess it's funny because people need to update their priors on that this isn't just a pdo team uh at this point they're top five in the nhl and Corsi four yeah. since the turn of the calendar you know yeah. like this isn't the the pdo monster of the first three months and as Lindholm gets integrated into the lineup, I I think that'll only improve, and especially if they make additions at the deadline. And and also, I mean, not having Carson Soucy is is not nothing. You know, oh yeah, he, no, they miss played, him like crazy. Oh yeah, he played really well when he showed up. He immediately <laughs> surpassed Zadorov on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like their form is improving as circumstances are becoming more difficult. And they've made additions that should ameliorate, you know, the, the special teams woes, um, you know, like I, I just see it as a, you know, shit happens in a long season and, you know, you can just kind of file it away as that. Yeah. My optimism relies on, on a, just a line that like regression could have looked a lot worse than it does right now. No, we're not out. We're not out of it. We're still in the woods a little bit, but I was prepared for this to go a lot more. So I was prepared for um, a lot of those Minnesota games to happen a lot more during the season. And like, I, but the thing is like, I'm still scared as hell. Uh, Anytime I watch any highlights from Boston or Edmonton um, offensive highlights only for Edmonton. um, I'm not very worried defensively about them, but uh, I, it's the insecurity keeps coming back where I'm like, I don't know that we can compete with the best in the playoffs and I can't shake that off. And uh, I want somebody to bring me down to earth on that, but I'm still terrified that we're just going to be a paper tiger to, to start round one against no matter who, but that's all insecurity. Uh, And I'm sure that I'm not the only Canucks fan who feels that right now. Well, it's, it's not just that. I mean, you look at the Oilers and that team, like it's, it's conceivable that they could catch the Canucks in the standings. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think they're eight. Sorry. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god really the yeah way, yeah no i mean like they're eight so annoying of, how many games in hand they have i think five it's something fun. like they have that five games in oh, hand Christ. and they're what 15 points back is that am i correct about that i 15? think so yeah so the, the next time that we play them that's when i'm that's what i'm scared about yeah well, they, they have a hell of a team but i just don't know how you respond to that in real time like yeah. you know the canucks can't trade for Connor mcdavid and you know of course <laughs> not with that attitude <laughs> no no of course not but like you know what i mean you, there's only so much you can control and you know yeah I, I do think this team could be eaten alive by the oilers or the the golden knights i mean the golden knights have been sleeping through the season you have to scroll down to 26 to see where they rank in Corsi four but yeah you know, they got some LTI room. They've got the deadline coming up. They've won the cup. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of teams that profile better than the Canucks. But and- at the same time, like, with, with the Golden Knights uh, in particular, um, there, there's also an element of of it, too, where it's like, oh, they're 26th in the league in, in Corsi. Uh, but, you know, they'll turn it on. And it's like, okay, well, what if they get to the playoffs? And they're like, all right, we're turning it on. And then they're like... Oh fuck! We've been off all season, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, now yeah. you know, like, it, it, like there's a there's a uh, there's an. What happened to Tampa against Columbus when they got swept? Yes, exactly. Same idea. So, like, I mean, yeah, there there's reasonable concern about this team, and I wouldn't stack it up against the Oilers. I just wouldn't. But I just don't know how you respond to that if you're Rutherford or Al Alvin aside from doing what you can to buttress up the roster. And, yeah. you know, if, if you have Thatcher Demko, I mean, goaltending is the equalizer of the playoffs. And, you know, I'd rather have him than Stuart Skinner. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. That was, and, that and was he, what I was going to say about he, the Oilers. He can steal a series. And, you know, you look at the something that I think doesn't get noticed enough with this blue line is it's built a lot like the Golden Knights, a lot like the, really? the Blues when they won. Uh, just in terms of the composition and the skill sets that they have. And those teams have shut down Edmonton. Those teams have found success. You know, it's a mobile blue line. You know, that can keep up with McDavid. Mm. It's got good range. It's good defensively. I mean, Zadorov, depending upon which version shows up, <laughs> you know, yeah. could really do some damage. Like, yeah, I think it's right to have some concern, but I just don't, think it's um at a level that you should expect the bottom to come out it could it always could but i don't think you have to you know uh, anticipate that happening is how i would describe it no and i, okay. I mean there's I'm there stepping things, away from the ledge uh, there's there are other things too like if you look at what's um uh what's really killed the canucks over um over recent uh games i think there's there's at least a case to be made that the way games are called in the playoffs will help the Canucks rather than hinder them. Um, Is that true? Because that's been my dumb guy observation of like, okay, 2011, we put too much into special teams. Special teams was not going to help us in the finals. Okay, now special teams are awful. Um, that just seems like bait for me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Go, go, go on and tell me why that's actually legitimate. Well, well the I, Canucks don't do a lot of damage off the rush. So, you know, as the game is compressed, as it slows down, this will benefit them. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of 
you know, fits with, with Jackson's point. Um, you know, ultimately it is a speed game, but the speed element is, is, you know, dialed down in the playoffs and that will help them. And uh, their special teams, like, I think you'd say their power play is pretty good. Um, yeah, it's and, just having a bad stretch. And I you think you'd happen. say, but I think you'd say that their penalty kill is like kind of not good. Um, like has the chance to be actually pretty bad bad for a team in the playoffs um like there's a world where they have the worst pk in the playoffs i think yeah um and and so between those two things uh i think like in a game where no penalties are called that probably helps the canucks more than it hurts them you know yep Yep. Uh, and with lindholm with susie it will improve yeah yeah so exactly that's cause for optimism we should talk a little bit about uh, Archdeep Baines making his debut. Is he playing tonight? Is he? Did he make it back into the lineup? I believe so. Um, I mean, I don't yeah. know, but I think so. <laughs> uh, you're a uh, you're a prospect guy, JD. You know, probably some stuff. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Not that I have much to say, but <laughs> you're a brown guy from Surrey in the, in the podcast right now, man. Yeah, we did it. I swear to God, we did an episode on Rob Ryan. We didn't do a whole episode on progress. Okay, we, we we almost got there, but although you like, could I, with the with the fraud <laughs> thing, you easily the fraud thing. Yeah, at could, this point, that's that's things. made for Vios. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's made for me, man. Fuck, I, I love the Probri story. I love everything about it. It's just completely insane. Um, I love that it's come back. But oh, yeah, yeah, I don't have too much to say. But it's just it's just fucking awesome. It is. I, I have loved. Uh, uh, somebody in our chat said uh, brown people need to <laughs> need to need to calm down the hype. Yeah, it wasn't me. No. It wasn't me. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't JD. A joke though, underlined like meant meant in jest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> it's just a joke. Yeah. Um, but like it, it's it's been a riot. Um, this this is such a cool story. I sorry, I don't I don't have many poetic things to say about this. It is just really fucking sweet, and I, it's not something I ever thought would ever happen. Um, yeah. I like growing up, there was always a couple people from Surrey, like a couple brown guys from Surrey, who were like, "Oh, this guy might get drafted." And I remember somebody named Kevin Sunder a few years before I graduated got drafted by the Sabers, and that was real a really big deal. But I don't think he ever went anywhere. Sure. Um, and like. I don't know, man. Growing up around in Surrey, you always kind of felt like you were bigger Canucks fans than everybody else in Vancouver. Objectively um, true. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably. And like outside of downtown Vancouver, uh, the parade on some like it'll never happen. But if it was uh, if it was decided where the most cultural buy-in for the, for the Canucks was, and that's where the parade was held, it would be at Scott in seventy second. Uh, when the Canucks beat the Blues in the uh, in the bubble playoffs, uh, I straight up drove all the way down there just so I could participate in that and and see it. And I don't know that that's a community that loves the Canucks more than anybody else. Uh, it's also a community altogether. I want I want to add that hands down, if 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 they don't lead in any metric other than this one, they they will they win this one with a bullet, which is the uh segment of the fan base that the rest of the fan base most blamed for the 2011 riot was going to say it. <laughs> people from surrey 
Absolutely. Uh, hey, we yeah. contribute. We contribute more to this team's history than any other ethnic group. I agree. Um, <laughs> I think that is true. Basically, it's a point of pride. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just like I'm not. I'm not Punjabi, so I don't or Sikh, and I don't. Sure. You know, I don't get to buy in for that part. Uh, <laughs> even though I'm a, for people who don't know, my last name Saran is a Punjabi. <laughs> like it, it's spelled the same as a Punjabi last name. But I got we got Ellis Island did yes yeah. like our name got shortened from Chattanam or Saranam or something from very very southern southern India but they just shortened it to Saran um, so uh, so I I get to uh, I get to steal the valor once in a while uh, by accident but no it's just fucking cool a guy from your hood yeah gets no, in the league yeah, and ha- and and has been like a like like undisputed can expand his whole life. That photo of him with like the uh, the junior turban, I, I I don't know the name for the actual <laughs> what you'd actually sure. call it, but there is a turban you wear when you're younger before your your hair is as long, and like mm-hmm. that with the Vancouver jersey, the one with the actual Vancouver emblazoned on it, it's just fucking awesome. And then seeing his dad, uh, who just looks like every Punjabi dad, that um, was the it's thing. It's really that special. Stood out to me the most was when they cut to the mentors trip and with all the dads. And yeah. it 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 was the thing that most struck me while I was yeah. watching the game was here's this group of Canucks dads and this the you know the most visible one the mm-hmm. one right on the corner that the camera's cutting to is a guy in a turban like yeah. that yeah. that was really uh like that really stood out to me like it was like oh oh holy shit I have never seen this before yeah, you know? it, which it is, is awesome. I yeah, I'm usually the first one to to point out how trite some of these types of things are. Ah, but... this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, but this no, is genuinely awesome. cool. Yeah, and there there is a moment. Um, now this is more of a sick thing, and so I don't actually know the word for it. But watching him step on the ice, watching Archie step onto the ice, and you know he does the rookie lap. Everybody knows the rookie. Yeah, kind of, kind of a little bit of a hazing thing, uh, but actually good. Yes. Um, they they, they take hazing. the ice on their own. And before he hits the ice, he reaches down and touches the ground and and then touches his chest after that. And when I saw that, like, I got butterflies because, like, that's just a thing that in a, in a lot of parts of various South Asian cultures that that has some significance. Like, I think about how so many players, like, even in soccer and in hockey, like, think about when Ovechkin used to score goals when, when he was a rookie. He does the hand to the chest and up to the sky. Like, you're you're pointing up at God. Or you're pointing up at the heavens. Yeah, that's in in many ways. Uh, I guess this is very sim- big simplification, but that is kind of the equivalent for us. Mm-hmm. And to see a, to see a brown guy do that before the ice is like holy shit. <laughs> like there's there's one thing to know where he's from, and there's one thing to know that he actually is like of the culture. On top sure. of that, yeah, it's uh, it just adds to the emotional weight of seeing somebody who looks like you who's from the same place as you. And it just, it just, uh, it builds that up. And I am, I'm, I'm very surprised. I'm not trying to turn this into like, and here's why the Canucks fucked this up. But like, <laughs> they could have, they could have done it on home ice. <laughs> like, Well, yeah. That would have been so fucking yeah. awesome. But, but here's what I'll say I, though I, I about just, that. I understand we're, we're first in the league and we're trying to make, we're trying to win some games and you know, I but see it. I something that I will say about that because I think this is actually like um, valuable perspective. Yeah. You, 
the only way you get to debut twice is if you debut on the road. Right? If interesting. Yeah. If you just debut your very first game at home in front of home fans, that's your debut. That's it. Mm-hmm. If you debut on the road, then you get a debut and you get a home debut. And the and the 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 counter example that I'll use to this is the Sidians. They had a last game and they had a last home game. Mm, and yeah. it's actually better that they that they had both because we get the big Sidian moment and we don't have to really care about the reality that their actual last game was was basically forgettable. Um and so I don't I actually don't hate the idea of are they still on the road right now? They're in uh, yeah, they're in Seattle. Right? Yeah. yeah. So close enough. Though. I don't hate the idea that give the kid a couple of games, get his feet under him, and now maybe he gets uh maybe he gets a chance to debut on home ice. He's he's got his sea legs now, and maybe he has a chance to actually, you know, wow some people or in a in a in a relative sense, which is which gets to the question that I wanted to ask JD about, which is like I assume there's a level of familiarity with this player from when he was in the WHL from being in the Canucks organization. And, uh, you know, obviously he was AHL all-star game MVP this year, which is a big deal. Um, I really get the sense that this guy does have a shot, a real shot at an NHL future. Um, And I was, I was just wondering JD, what your kind of assessment of uh, where he's at and what his potential is. Well, I, I didn't watch a ton of him in the WHL because he wasn't even drafted into the dub. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was uh, a walk-on and he took on a small role through his draft minus one and draft seasons. Um, eventually, in his overage season, his production just balloons because he, he was injured in his draft plus, I believe, two. Mm-hmm. So he's about a point a game. He starts to, you know, show some progress, gets hurt, and then he returns to the lineup. He's two points a game almost, uh, becomes a priority free agent signing by the Canucks. And, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, use others' analysis as my own. So I'll defer okay. to what uh, Mitch Brown was saying. And he's my colleague at EP Rinkside, mm-hmm. you know, just that he's one of the WHL's most entertaining players for a few seasons. Uh, you know, he had creativity, he had pace, he had playmaking, he could protect the puck. You know, he had a lot of skills that could confer to an NHL role. Um, what, what you want to see with a lot of these players though, and this is instructive with Baines is that he also had a fallback game. And so when you talk to scouts about what is a fallback game, it's okay. So you see someone with a ton of skill, he's a hundredth percentile on his team, 99th in his league. He hasn't had to check. He hasn't had to be defensively responsible and he hasn't had to show that he has the capacity to do that with Baines. He had some of that in the WHL. And that's what they worked on in Abbotsford is developing the fallback game. Because I, I think what people don't realize is the barrier to entry into the NHL is so high. Mm-hmm. So Zach McEwen is only an enforcer in the NHL. You put him in the AHL, he's one of the most skilled yeah. players in the whole league. So you have to build out that that defensive oh boy. Game, that four checking game. <laughs> Good drop. 
And, uh, you know, he's done a lot of that with Abbotsford. And, and you know, at times I've kind of been skeptical of, of the, the hype because I've, I've tuned in and I've gone, you know, it's he's, he's fine. He works. You really got to be careful with hype on guys like this. Like the the issue that people have, I think, is like prospect hype with a guy who was signed under these circumstances with his kind of profile hype is holy shit. They might have found a free like regular organizational depth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the goal. And I'm writing the, uh, the NCAA free agent guide. Yeah. And it's funny because it sells and you know, I won't stop people from reading it. Please do. But uh, there's a cumulative like two NHL players in that annually out of 40, totally. yeah. you know, so like you have to keep expectations in, in check. I think Canucks fans mostly have with Baines and so it's it's really cool to see. I, I thought he played well against. Um, oh, God, who was it against Colorado, um, Colorado? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had yeah. the dash, too, but he was thrown to the wolves, against... though. He had to play against McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the show, he'll, kid. He'll he'll do that to Joel Erickson Eck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't hold that against him. Mm -hmm. And and I think part of the reason that the, the the hype balloon is starting to inflate with Baines is because he is pretty high stakes for this team. Mm -hmm. You look at the salary cap page on Cap Friendly, and they don't have a lot of latitude for for next season. They'll probably lose Dakota Joshua. They might lose Bluger. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they, they need Baines, they need Pod Colson, they need cost controlled depth to step up into these roles. And so if he can keep this up, if he can show that he's capable, um, that's huge for this club. Um, it allows them to do what they have to, to sign Pedersen, to sign Ronick. Um, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's a cool story. I've loved to watch it play out. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think he has the foundation to play in the NHL. And even if that's just in a depth role, that's a home run. It really agent. And it especially is a home run when, like, I mean, local kid is always going to be a story, always going to be hype about a local kid, and particularly when he represents a, a milestone for a historically criminally uh underrepresented ethnic group as well yes. um and uh and genuinely if uh, I, I held my breath right after Axon said criminally <laughs> uh, oh my um, god and uh, uh I've, I've had my tweet notifications on for roxy feature <laughs> Oh, this yeah. last week as this story has developed <laughs> yeah that's good uh, I, I i got uh, a few but, more you know he he's uh even if he just becomes like you know like nolan Baumgartner, i realized nolan Baumgartner was a defenseman but like that type of guy who's just like in the organization for a really long time always first call up or like uh often you know in the conversation as as the first call up like if if his role is just that he is like, uh, you know, that type of guy who's like, uh, he always gets called up and uh, when someone gets hurt and provides a little boost of energy, like everybody's going to love that guy. And oh, yeah. You, 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 like there's not there's no there's no downside to it whatsoever. Well, and and it, it, it has value, too, because he, he knows the system and it's an example for prospects who follow. Uh, and, you know, 
frankly, even uh, if his um, like maybe his long term role with the um, organization is he ends up being captain of the Abbotsford Canucks for several years. I would say that is a huge win, uh, particularly given, uh, you know, his relationship to to the community, to the fact that he's from the lower mainland. Like it's yeah, I mean, it's it's a great story. There's a reason why everyone's excited about it. And uh, it's not just because the team hasn't played that well or hasn't gotten very good results for over the over the past little while. Um, anything yeah. else before we quickly talk about Phil Kessel? Um, I'm ready for Kessel. <laughs> uh, quick one is like when we talked about the hype earlier for for our sheep bands. Like, yeah, I ignored his signing. Like, I don't know. I I don't know what's real. I don't know what's fake. Uh, uh or fake as in I don't know what the Canucks are doing for PR. Sure. Um, not that I really think an NHL team is gonna sign a guy for PR reasons, but like. I don't know. I feel like we've seen this before. Uh, not that Prod Rye burned us, but it's like, I'm going to wait until this guy shows up. I'm going to wait until sure. he actually makes it in the system mm-hmm. uh, before I get excited. And I think a lot of Canucks fans were were feeling the same. Like, yeah, there's a, an amount of people. I'm just judging by Twitter. There's an amount of people who are like, call him up. Why aren't you calling him up? He's doing great in the, in the AHL. But for me, I would have been totally fine if they didn't do that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the switch didn't really turn on until I was like, holy shit, he is actually playing a game. Like he's, he's on the ice. That's how long it took uh, for that. And um, now that, now that another thing that has made me believe in this a lot more is that we actually have a good development system now, or really where I get that from is that the Sedins are, are helping coach in Abbotsford. And that just gives me enough confidence in, and uh, how the team's deciding who's actually going to get the call up. Um, mm-hmm. So that all just gives me even more buy-in to him. He's he's not going to be like, I don't think this is like finding Tana for free or anything like that. If he is, that'll be awesome. But yeah, it could be. You never I'm not, know. I'm not going to bite on that yeah. just yet, but I'm just going to enjoy it for now. Yeah, it's it's already like, there's already so much to enjoy. There's no reason yeah. to uh, like... This will, uh, this moment will live forever. It, 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 at this point, it, like, it will be awesome regardless of what he does, but it yeah. really does not matter. Like, yeah. he's already done it. The, the, like, he, you know, uh, he'll, he'll be like, uh, regardless of what happens, like a Robin Bawa type figure mm-hmm. where people still talk about him several years later just because, it's such a huge milestone. Like it's a, it's a milestone for him. It's a milestone for the team. It's a mile. It's, you know, I, 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 I could go on. Yeah. Uh, our sheep, D- just uh, the last part on this is our sheep DM me. Uh, let's keep, let's make sure that you don't get into legal trouble. And, uh, <laughs> don't, don't repeat prob. Yes. Uh, prob, don't, problems. don't, don't, uh, yeah. Don't, uh, don't have any prob lums oh geez i gotta go guys (laughs) i had to do it It it's right there um i was about to do it too (laughs) let's talk a little bit about uh uh let's talk a little bit about phil kessel 
Some uh, representation gonna... for me as that <laughs> person. As a was, hot dog I Canadian. Was, I was gonna say uh, how Vias feels about <laughs> our, our Steve Banzas, how I feel about uh, a fat party dude who refuses to drink water and makes everyone insanely <laughs> mad, kind of on purpose, but also a lot of the time not on purpose at all. Um, yeah. I that is that is very much the more I I I dug into Phil Kessel for the Patreon. We're gonna do a whole episode on him, but um. I, I love this man so much. I can't even uh, describe it. There's so much good stuff to get into. But um, uh, from a, a, we'll stick to a strictly hockey perspective. Um, he's skating with the Comets right now. He's got to pass a few checkpoints. Uh, the expectation seems to be that if he does pass those checkpoints, he will be signed. Um, seemed weird maybe like a week ago or whenever it was that they they first announced that he was going to come skate here really seems with every passing day like it makes more and more sense i don't know what do you what do you guys think i mean kind of you know if you can't find anyone else at the deadline you may as well mm-hmm. i mean there's no risk with this signing i mean nope. he'll be about league minimum the one concern I have is that usually these these types of contracts have bonuses that toll into the next season. Sure. Um, so that could be a problem. But for me, the issue is just that he's cooked. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I could see and, that. And he has been for about three seasons. I mean, you look at the last time he was on uh, in a full-time role on a competitive team. It was his first season with Arizona. And they couldn't find a way to get him going. And then it just fell off from that point. And he played the full 82 with Vegas and he put up a decent season, 36 points, 82 games. Yeah. But then the playoffs showed up and they said, I don't know. And I don't blame them because you have to hand him the most carefully prescribed Mm -hmm. uh, minutes that you possibly can because absolutely. Yeah. You just can't keep up the way he used to. And it's not like he used to be especially defensive either i mean <laughs> no. you look at a j fresh chart and you can't even find the blue for for even strength defense it's it's no. you know it's below it's zero. non-existent yeah yeah so can the canucks do that for kessel i mean their third line plays matchup roles uh yeah. their second line is struggling territorial territorially could he help on the power play perhaps that's the one utility i could see him having for this team but when you look at the options, I mean, if I'm the Canucks, I'm looking at, you know, Frank Vitrano, uh, sure. you know, Anthony Duclair. And if, if you've exhausted those options and you don't have anything to show for it at the end of the deadline, uh, by all means, sign Kessel. But yeah. for me, you can't be all in, which the Canucks should be this mm-hmm. deadline, and then concede cap space for a 36-year-old Phil Kessel. It's just discordant. So, you know, like that's kind of my position. And I feel like an asshole because everyone else seems to enjoy the Kessel uh, phenomenon. And and I do. And I and I, I get why people do. Hmm. But if we're if we're being serious, it's not the right move just yet is how I would describe this whole thing. Counterpoint. Yeah. A team in their contention window. is like okay we want to win the stanley cup let's get phil kessel it's a plan that has never failed 
<laughs> and the Coyotes got to the playoffs when they acquired. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think uh, I I agree with you in the sense that um, <clears throat> this is a uh, this is an along the margins move, big time, right? Like it is yeah. not if they're a uh, missing piece is Phil Kessel, like they're they're cooked. But I don't think it is. I think they they. I think they really understand what they're doing here. Um, I'm going to borrow a take from producer Justin that I thought was very on point, which is basically the benefit of Phil Kessel is um, all due respect to Jeff Tambellini and the greatest back check in team history. Um, it's round three or four and you are running a helicopter lineup and you have no offensive wingers left because they all got hurt and you really need to score a goal on the power play. Who do you want? Adam, uh, Jeff Tambellini or uh, Phil Kessel? Uh, and it's like, well, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe, uh, maybe you do, but maybe you also want Phil Kessel. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's it, it remains to be seen. You know, the, the, the thing, the case that you're always going to have, even though he's 36 and he's out of shape, is that Kessel's done it. And player X from the uh, farm team hasn't. Yeah. So it's it's optionality is the is the buzzword, right? Yes, um, of course. Materially. Fundamentally. If they're fundamentally. if they're gonna if they're gonna make a move to In get my a guy view. who's got a ring who's been in the room or he's good in the room, the intangible stuff, but they're going to get a guy who fits that category. Is there like, it feels like they're going to do that move anyways. Yeah. Are you happy that it, or maybe I'll ask JD because Jackson's answer will be yes. Yeah. He, he's, like, he's, he's their special uh, little guy. Out of all <laughs> yeah. the special little guys, special little playoff guys you could have gotten. Was there anybody else they would have gotten? Like I'm, I'm I I prefer they gamble with this without spending much money and give and without giving anything up besides cap space uh than us like honestly giving a first for Canev. I kind of don't want them to spend that. I mean uh Tarasenko maybe um mm -hmm. Although he hasn't won a cup. There. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, it's got to be a guy who's won a cup, right? Uh jeez. Not not a lot of those. <laughs> it's stupid. You know, there's a it's there's a stupid a thing way of looking today. at things. Kind of is there the, was a thing on Reddit today like, that showed how many players were actually in like on each team, how many players with rings were on each team, and there's I guess to me a surprisingly small amount of players who actually like active players who have a ring. Even in Tampa, there's only eight players who have a Stanley yeah. Cup this year. Oh wow! I was I was just a because winning a Stanley Cup is yeah. really hard. <laughs> yes, and so you have to get so lucky to do it. I mean, Pat Maroon is someone. Nico Sturm. Uh, oh man, Pat Maroon. If they, uh, if they, if we're if we're talking about fat guy representation, Pat Maroon would be a great addition. Oh, love to see it. I love Pat uh, Maroon. Riley Smith. I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah, he could be the special little guy. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Niels Hoaglander, kind of too. Actually, <laughs> he's not really like he's not uh he he's very much the uh this is what the peak male body uh looks like style fat guy though like he's just like 
a fire hydrant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just hope it happens because I just love Phil Kessel. Like, I just would love to see Phil Kessel get his thousandth point in a Canucks uniform. Uh, I, I just, it would just be so much fun. And I realize that, uh, there's probably more reasons to think, um, that, that it's probably not the greatest idea than, you know, and and, and there's, we're limited for, in terms of good reasons other than like, but it would be so funny or it would be so cool. But, um, I don't know. Uh, after we talk about, uh, him on the Patreon, we'll, uh, you know, it'll all be anyone who's listening now who uh is is also a subscriber they will understand why i feel the way that i do so i'll just leave it there uh any any final thoughts before we sign off Mm, no (laughs) i don't have anything no all right Uh, i i would have a final thought about the morgan riley suspension but i am i'm way too afraid of uh certain people yeah. Uh, putting a red dot in my forehead. Don't laugh, JD. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I failed. Um, I failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, God, that discourse was so annoying. Oh, my it God. It was bad. It was yeah. incredible. Anyway. It's oh. just so, I just never understand how, like, um, I, I believe what I said about it was if you're, if you don't like the way your team is playing, or you don't like, you know, their effort level or the amount of heart that they're showing or their pushback. Uh, the solution to that is to be is to play better or get better players or work harder. It's not to scramble a guy's brains for no reason, yeah. like uh, between whistles, like, you know, at the end of a game, not during the run of yeah. play. Real um, quick, is Toronto in danger of not making the playoffs? Remotely? Not really. No. Okay. Why? It, this seemed like it was a suspension in the second round of the playoffs or the third round. It's, yeah. it's game fucking like 54 or something. Early. It was a game yeah. number 50 at the time. Like, my God, get a grip. Yeah. He gets one more. He gets one more game than Aaron Roan did for laying a hit that was literally 0.001 yeah. seconds late. Yeah. In in yeah. the Stanley Cup final. And, and you, you know what? Have, that literally, I guarantee you, uh, if he hadn't clocked the, the guy as bad as he did and Horton hadn't been hurt, like it wouldn't have even been a penalty. Like, it you know what? Oh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if every Canucks defenseman, I wouldn't mind if Quinn Hughes is suspended for 10 games today for a bullshit thing because you know what that 10 games is? It's rest. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I would, I would not mind. Yeah, when he decapitated <laughs> Daniel Sedin. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, my number one defenseman having a break. Save up for yeah. the playoffs, man. Yeah, that's a that's a reason. I hope that I hope yeah, Thatcher Demko tries to kill a ref, just kind of like a little <laughs> bit, like the way the Smith okay is with... playing. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. I, yeah. I I already have my my hat that says President's Trophies winners of uh, 2011. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't need another President's Trophy. Fair. Also, Fair. uh I mean Silov's time, right? Silov's time, that's right. That's, oh that's, my god. It's coming. All right. Uh, yeah, the ECHL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, on all that right. note, we will see you guys all next time. Uh Subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. Get the Phil Castle 
uh, episode. Get all the other episodes. Uh, JD, they can find you at EP Rinkside. EPRinkside.com. NCAA uh, guide, free agent guide coming out soon. Yep. Draft. Yep. CHL 1 2 European yep. one. So stay tuned. Hell yeah. It's going to be great. Okay. We'll see you next time. All right. Peace out, everybody. Bye.